Hey, this is Mikey Erg, and you're listening to The Dummy Room. This is the big time, girly. This is rock and roll. Hey everybody, you're in the dummy room. I'm Jody Have Not, joined as always by Nadege Demel. What's up, Nate? Not much, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, dude. Little secret for the listener, I requested to be called Nadege tonight because we are joined by Mr. Milo Ackerman tonight. Unbelievable, man. I didn't want to wait around for that. Obviously, you know he's on just because of the uh, the art ro- artwork and the uh, the title of the episode. But fuck yeah, dude, Milo. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. So yeah, Milo's coming up. Um, but first up, dude, next week is our uh, second... Is it birthday? We're doing birthday, right? Yeah, it's our birthday. We turn our two. birthday, our anniversary, our um, jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, uh, we don't usually talk about next week. We try to keep it a secret. But, um, dude, next week, uh, since it's our birthday, we're going to have um, – we're going to be talking about that new Giant Eagles record. We're going to be talking about the windowsill. We're going to be talking about Apers. Of course, we're going to have uh, Marine Nicotine on. Yeah! Everybody knows that we we love that dude. And uh, so it's it's really special to have him on. Um we get to play some. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna play a bunch of the new album, and it's gonna be a few days early too. Yeah. So I'm psyched, but dude, we should just play a new song now. Hmm. You think? <laughs> I mean, if it's okay, like if it's cool, hell yeah, let's play something. Um, I'll tell you what, let's do it, and if there's any heat, I'll take the heat. <laughs> that sounds good to me.
Oh, yeah, there you have it. Brand new giant eagles. Uh, if there's any smoke, get with Nate. I'm out of this one. <laughs> oh, man. Prob- this is going to be my favorite album in in a while. It's really um, it's good, It's so man. good, dude. And it's good, just great to hear them again together, you know what I mean? I didn't think we'd ever get a second record, honestly. No. And, you know, of course, they almost played live, right? But Reduno's canceled, so they're not yeah, playing Reduno. It's like, man, this might never happen. I think it'll but, still um, happen whenever Reduno happens. Yeah, it'll I happen. think it'll be a huge deal, too, you know? It's going to be great. But, um, yeah, so next week we're going to be playing some more Giant Eagles. Fucking love that band. And, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the windowsill since me and Nate are Probably. both, like, windowsill fanboys. <laughs> Think of how much we've talked about the windowsill without him on here. So <laughs> exactly. Probably, I'm gonna we'll probably embarrass ourselves a little bit. Maybe um, yeah. Plus the yeah, apers, that, dude. The apers were huge with me. You know, yeah. I, I love the apers, dude. Yeah, but uh, that record's coming out on Shield and Mom's Basement, and I don't know what Shield is doing. Mom's Basement's got some other cool stuff coming out too. So check it out. Um, speaking of mom's basement, man, this weekend, I think it was Friday night. Somebody posted that, that mega, right? Mega great album, right? I even fucking love it more now, but, um, so the guy sounds like he just lifted the vocals off of it and put it to, uh, like some synth pop, right? It's called, uh, what the fuck's it called? It's called synth uh, pop. narcissistic yeah, synth, synth pop, pop disorder. disorder. Yeah. Dude, I listened to it and it, I, it didn't fucking leave. My headphones didn't come off for at least an hour and a half. I listened to it. It's fucking, it's so good. I actually, here's how stupid I am. I messaged a couple friends that I don't normally message, but they're like into like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm like, what do you think of this, man? This is like the greatest synth pop I've ever heard, you know? (laughs) And uh, I never really got a response from them, but... It's insane how well it works this way. You know what I mean? I know. Dude, you take this in a time machine back to 1983, 84, something like that. Nothing but hits. It's the biggest record of the year. The biggest band in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially like Four Flies and Electric Dreams. Those two in particular, they just work so well as the synth pop sound. I couldn't believe how well the whole album worked. That's insane. It's kind of got, it reminds me of like Aha or like. uh, you know, it's, I don't know, being a child of the 80s, I love that sound to begin with. So maybe that's part of it. You know, when you listen to, you listen to one of those great, like, aha, you listen to this great song and it's like, they only have like one good song, really, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, man, that's the sound. But then all the rest of their stuff kind of blows. Totally. This is the, this would have been so cool because all of it sounds just like, you picture synth pop to sound yeah like that quintessential 80s pop sound this is fucking it and these songs like i loved this album before you know i did like i i've been falling in love with this band over like the last few months and we did that episode with i think it was with john right where we did the the italian Italian bands yeah yeah. and i was like full-on mega hard on right (laughs) <laughs> and now I hear this and it's like, these songs are even better, you know, stripped down a little bit. Yeah, dude. His, his like vocal dictation and the way he words things is fucking great. Um, we should play something. What do you want to hear? I think. Let's do Four Flies on Grey Velvet. That one works the best for me, I think, as a synth tune or Electric Dreams. One of those two. What do you think? Let's do, um, let's do Four Flies. Yeah, let's do it.
though that could have been in any one of those like brat pack movies don't you think yeah i i don't know this is I, fuck i hope they do this again i hope their next record is the same and then i hope they make a synth pop version of it i think everyone loves this dude i've talked to a few people and they're fucking in love with it it's really great it's like i thought it was pretty great before like you did but when you hear just those vocals it they really stand out without all the guitars and everything so you can really hone in on these killer melodies yeah i i played this for my kids i was like you guys gotta check this out they were not into it you know right <laughs> not surprised but i was like they saw my excitement man i was was excited dude i couldn't believe how good it was i thought it would be cool don't get me wrong but when i actually sat down and checked it out i was like i cannot believe how great this works because i just thought it would be like when i first even heard of the the concept, I thought it was going to be kind of like, remember when Brendan Kelly did, what did he do? All I hear is static. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be kind of like that, meaning that the vocals weren't going to be different, but these sound like just the regular vocal tracks, which is different music. Yeah. This is obviously the product of, of, uh, you know, quarantine. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, I thought you'd like it. I wasn't sure. We haven't talked about this. And of course you brought it up right before we started, but <laughs> well, oh man, so cool. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in the time of that sound, so that sound has like a nostalgia to me to begin with. So it's like you combine that with my love for the way that like the Italian punk rock singers do their thing, and it's just like, of course I dig it, and of course you dig it too, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, it makes absolute sense, dude. Yes. Yeah, it's been playing quite a bit on. It's on my phone, so it's kind of been, you know, it's just following it's cool me around too, because it gives you like a different gives the songs like a different feeling you know yeah did you go back and listen to the the uh the original then or yeah, are you still yeah. going yeah and i love it more now yeah it's like wow this is unbelievable yeah, in, my, in my head i was just like oh man sorry livermores you know i was on that livermore kick and now i'm like oof this might be my favorite new italian band now <laughs> yeah I, mean, I feel pretty, like i'm cheating on them or something it's pretty incredible <laughs> man really cool and totally fresh, you know? And that's what's so cool about it. I mean, I didn't see this coming. This came way out of left field in the best way. For sure! Like- 
Like, totally. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's cool, man. Um, anything else going on? Not really, dude. Still quarantined. Quarantine. And uh, I'm tired of it, man. You know, what about you? Dude, everything's still crazy here. You know, my, my work is fucked. My home life is is busy. Uh, you know, my my living thing right now, It's it's everything's kind of... Uh, it's going to get really weird and uh, potentially messy the next few weeks. Wow, what's going on? <laughs> Oh, because I, we might be moving. Really? Yeah. So I got some work to do on my house. So yeah, we kind of we're gonna gonna have to relocate temporarily just for a few weeks, and then uh, and then go from there. We might sell. We might not. I don't know. We're like, I don't know what we're doing. It's kind of like all in limbo, <laughs> huh? Where are you gonna stay? You like you're gonna go to your mom's or something? Well, that's what we don't really know yet. Oh man, I could see that being stressful. This is kind of me. Like <laughs> this is kind of how I've always been. It's just sort of like just go, you know. And um it's a little difficult with kids now. But um yeah, I don't know exactly what we're doing. So, when do you have to figure it out? Like I don't know. No, there really isn't a deadline. Oh, well, that's not so stressful. But it's just like we're just out of space. We're out of space, and we just need to, um, you know, we, we need more space, so we need to move. Dude, house and next like, to us is for sale. Come on down, yeah, man. Fuck. Let's do this. Yeah, we've been talking about this on and <laughs> off, not serious for a while, and it's just like, we just got serious. We just got serious, and we're going to try to do it, I guess. Cool. So, yeah, like, I think when I say that, I kind of come across as crazy, and I think everybody that i've told so far they're just like telling me that that's kind of crazy but <laughs> i don't know we'll see so in the next next few episodes they're gonna happen i'm not i'm not taking time off because this is the only thing dude i gotta tell you that this show is the only thing that's keeps me sane some weeks like i really appreciate you and and getting together and you know we get to talk to milo and linda ramon and <laughs> you know we got some great guests coming up yeah we do but I appreciate you too, man. This show is really, really fun. I look forward to it every week. You know, this is like my uh, poker night, my guys' night, my like escape. Yes. Because it's it's a break from real life. Because real life is is uh, kind of hectic right now. It's all good. It's just it's just that it's uh, you know not knowing what we're gonna do and in the middle of this and yeah, but we just can't. You know, if we don't do it this year, it's like fuck. We're just out of room. You know, Miles is getting too big and yeah. Yeah, that 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 little guy is so fucking funny, man. <laughs> he's at that age where his personality is. Yeah, he's really coming through. He's fun. That's great. It's funny because that's the same thing that happened to us like a couple years ago. That's why we moved here because the kids were getting bigger and the house seemed like it was getting smaller. You know what I mean? So we just yeah, we had to move. I'm glad we did, but I fucking hate moving. It's like one of the oh, worst man. things you could possibly do in your life. It's the yeah, worst. Yeah, it is. It's well, worse you than know, lawn like, care. Yeah, well, we talked about lawn care last week, right? And I had to buy a new lawnmower. Yeah. Like, that is a direct result of me even thinking about moving. Yeah. Lawnmower took a shit, right? Right. And now, guess what? What? The other day, last week, yeah. my, my fucking washing machine broke. Dude, that's crazy because my machine just took a shit last week. Really? Yeah. It, like, it won't spin out. Yeah, but that I think sucks, it's, it's man. not the motor though; it's the fucking 
what is you know like the little timer thing up top whatever that's called it's oh. that the and timer? normally you know like the the fucking thing that controls everything i think they call it an actuator or some shit I don't know. And ag- I think it's the, the agitator. No, not the, the agitator. The the controls, like in the upper panel, you know how yeah. there's like the, the dial thing? Yeah. You spin and pull. <laughs> that thing is out because I could, like if I fuck with it enough, I can get it to spin out again. But we've been having to go to the laundromat, which is a fucking nightmare, dude. Oh, uh, yes. But at least our dryer still works. So we just, I just bag those wet clothes up and bring them home. <laughs> fuck standard extra time i i ended up going to my mom's on mother's day just to do laundry i mean i got to see my mom too don't get me wrong but (laughs) yeah but did you have her do it just to be old school or what oh man it was really (laughs) weird to like showed up to do my laundry as yeah but you do what you got to do you know yeah it beats the laundry mat i'll tell you that much we might be moving so it's like well i don't do I want to go out and buy a brand new one right now? No. Do you know what's wrong with yours? Because, dude, I used to, I had this little side gig where I used to deliver appliances, and I learned how to fix them on the side really? when there wasn't nothing happening. Yeah. I've actually fixed this thing twice. I've taken this apart. Like, the first time there was a, I think there was a belt that I needed to replace, and the other one was a drain. But this thing, it, like, doesn't, it doesn't spin. That's It's what, done that's, spinning. So it's the motor, then? It's pretty old too yeah. yeah so i you know I, I can't fix things like i probably could but there's not a lot of room to take it apart i've I fucked gotcha. with it before and it's you know if if i had time which i don't have any i would do it i would try yeah i mean it's definitely but, worth a try what sucks for me is i know what's wrong with mine and i could get the part for like three bucks at this place but they're closed because of the fucking covid's so until, yeah. they, until they open, I got to go to the laundromat. It fucking blows, dude. Totally. Oh, man. I went to the laundromat. We, uh, there's only so many that are like 24 hours or whatever, and I don't want to do it when there's a bunch of people around, not only for the distancing, but just because I'm an antisocial kind of guy usually, you know? <laughs> like, I'm a loner, yeah. Dottie, a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I go do laundry the other night, dude, and... uh end up going to this place that's like directly across the street from my old elementary school man so it was like kind of weird but anyways go put the clothes in the machines go back out to the car to put a buzz on right <laughs> and ended up having this like full-blown existential crisis dude right there in the parking lot dude it was so <laughs> fucked up <laughs> what a buzzkill sitting out there looking across the little street at this place where i went to every day in my youth you know to school yeah and i'm thinking god man here I am almost, you know, almost like 40 years later and like, you know, doing laundry in the middle of this like pandemic. <laughs> it was all fucked up, man. It was like, came home all bummed out. <laughs> and then still had to dry the fucking clothes. <sighs> yeah. Oh, man. But at least there, there was not a single soul in there, you know, so that was cool. Yes. So Milo's coming on, but I got a good shit story. I got to tell you. Okay. So Miles has been, um, dude has been just overloaded with shit lately, right? So just, just last night. (laughs) Like literal, like feces. (laughs) Dude, you know, we've been trying to do this potty training thing and he's really good about peeing in the, in the, in the potty, right? But poop, nope, ain't having it. So he's got a corner, you know? Yeah. But, you know, we usually bust him and then. 
whatever he'll hold it or whatever so last night he he comes up to me and he says i pooped you know fuck so i go and he's he's got his hand like on his back and it didn't even hit me you know i get into i get into where we change him and he puts his hand on the bed and i immediately think oh shit it hit me that he had it ran up his pack Oh. oh fuck dude so he had it on his hand and the next thing you know it's on, it's on his clothes and, <laughs> oh, no. oh man so i'm the worst right i do not handle this very well so you're like gagging and all that stuff oh yeah i get i hear about how i gag all the time but just my my calmness and my demeanor went from mm, maybe a one to a fucking 11 like right now i'm yelling for help lily i'm fucking yelling help me so i'm in the bathroom holding him and i can't you know i got nowhere to go i got fucking poop on my hands oh man right into the tub you know <laughs> i was full panic mode <laughs> Been and, there. <laughs> uh, and he doesn't do he doesn't like showers you know he likes the bath yeah it's like, that's not time for a bath, you know? No, not at all. So shower him off. So he's not calm and, oh, man. <laughs> but I made it. Yeah. That's the thing with kids, man. There's all these, like, mini episodes. There's at least one or two every fucking day, man. You know, it's just like, yes. <laughs> what is the issue now? Yeah, you know what? That's how I am in the middle of it. I'm always like, this shit never ends. But then it ends... And now I'm looking back, and it's like, you know what? I, I got a, I got a good memory. I got a crazy memory, <laughs> a fun story out of it. Yeah. You know, the world didn't end. Right. So, I, I appreciate the help that I got. You know, <laughs> I wasn't. You know, I wish I would have got more. You know. Right. You know, Lily, she's twelve. She's almost thirteen. She's not gonna rush in there and be like, yeah. She's not very hands on with that stuff. Yeah, totally. So not. I basically gotta like bag her to you know take this take these pants off of him you know or whatever so yeah that little guy the two years that we've been around dude that little guy has provided us with some fucking great stories yeah he has mostly poop related (laughs) (laughs) so uh we should we should probably get to milo yeah i think so people are probably like just they've probably already fast forwarded yeah that's fine (laughs) Um, but anyways, I should ask you real quick. What's your um, what's your favorite Descendants record? I think we've been through this, but <sighs> that's a tough call, dude. Uh, I I kind of like I don't want to grow up a lot, but you know the one I listen to the most probably for whatever reason is fucking Hall Raker. <laughs> I don't know why, Great. but it's just it's always been really big with me. It's like a killer set list. The Descendants are fucking killing it live. Yep. I, I like Liveage too, it. but Hallraker, I don't know. It's just, it's badass. Cheerio. Kiss me now and I turn away 
choose between those two live records been and i jump around i i think today i'm on i'm an enjoy guy that's usually what i go with but um and i like i like all too i don't know why i like all so much just because it is a different record you know it's got those kind of like Iceman and stuff you know yeah, great but songs like but this song. is different you know but it has also has clean sheets and pep talk if i could what else coolidge is on there i think yep yep some of the greats, you know. I love those two records, but Cain yeah, is great. Oh man, impressions. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of good ones. I love that record. It's it's really good. Um, but yeah, enjoy just always been one of my favorites, man. When I get the time, I like to sit down and write a little rhyme for you. Just a couple few. I tell you what you mean to me.
myself listening to like full descendants albums like i did when i was a kid nowadays i have this ultimate descendants playlist you know what i mean i just i play it and everything on there totally rules totally we did a uh we did an episode i don't remember which one it was it was like last year remember with uh punk rock nick nick punk rock band whatever sure um didn't we make like our perfect descendants record on that episode well no it was was it that or was it like a Sweet 16 or something? I think the intent was, I think you guys screwed up. And I think you guys were just like putting your favorite songs down. And I like put it together like you would expect a Descendants album to to be like. You yeah. know, like Whereas it wasn't mine just, was like all the poppy ones. and then Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which mine was too. But I like, I think I threw in like Mug. And I might have had another, you know, kind of a goofy one. Yeah, I think you might have even had Enjoy on there. Uh, either enjoy your van maybe i don't Something, know yeah. but um i think i had him on there and i think i, I think that was the perfect descendants album <laughs> M- and no, i actually have mine was. i have that playlist and i i love listening to that thing man <laughs> yeah it's just a different era you know when i was a kid i was listening to descendants mostly on cassette <laughs> you know yeah those sst tapes yeah my my first experience was um my friend Eric Fawson, who I was in a band with at a time, and he he was a few he was I don't know like five or six years older than me, but yeah, he got me into the Descendants, and it was a uh, uh, summary, and it was like holy fuck, you know? Oh yeah, that's like Absolutely greatest hits package, basically. Fell in love with that band, and um, yeah, and then from there it was like get the actual albums. Yeah, totally. and it was you know if that's their greatest hits. You know, so to speak, but man, it it's not even close to all the hits, you know? No, but it's a nice like you said, for someone like you, it's a great way to get somebody into the descendants. It kinda has a little bit of everything. Yeah, very it was very impressionable. Uh I was probably fifteen. Yes, fourteen, maybe fifteen. Fourteen or fifteen, yeah. It was a long time ago. Yep. All right, man, I guess it's about that time. You ready to get to Milo? It's going to be fun. Yeah, we should get to it. Little disclaimer, there was, like, no time to prepare for this. We literally, um, yeah, hooked, <laughs> got minute. hooked up last minute. So and Also, there was a little bit of, Milo was on the phone, so there's a little bit of, you know, the audio might not be as clear as you may hope for, but I think you could still hear it and understand what's going on, so I think you'll really dig it. Let's check it out. Let's do it. D-U-M-M-Y-R-O-O-M Coming up next. We got a guest, we got a guest coming up next, coming up next. We got a guest, we got a guest coming up next. All right, we're here with Milo from The Descendants. How you doing, dude? I'm doing great. Great. Oh man, I got to tell you this is uh this is really special for us. We're huge fans. Um probably uh 
probably the second most important singer for me of all time, that right next to uh, like Joey Ramone. Oh, wow. Joey. Wow. That's pretty high praise. Thanks. I mean, Joey, man, he's can't, can't compete with that guy. What a, what a, what a genius. Absolutely. But you've always been right up there for me too, man. There's just something in your vocal. It's just really beautiful. Thanks. You're welcome. So, uh, how is, are you, uh, you, are you quarantined and, yeah, yeah, it, we've got like a shut uh stay at home orders uh till it was till May 15th and now I think they're going to make it till the end of May. Um and so yeah, we're we're doing our best to kind of I mean, I we still have to go to the store and yeah. And uh, and we we still get out to walk and stuff cuz I feel like, you know, no one's going to keep me from, you know, my my healthy uh endeavors. Right. like walking and my daughter runs and so we uh we've, we you gotta you, you it's like you don't want to your brain can turn to mush but don't let your body turn to mush too <laughs> yeah. let let me ask you this what do you i was from a from a you know a touring band's point of view the what do you think of the impact of this virus what do you think it's going to have on bands i mean when they when they are allowed to go back out and play shows do you think they're going to tour a shitload to make that money back or do you think they're going to be a little leery and, and a little bit more cautious just because of uh, like maybe a second wave of this well i think uh for i think first of all it's just i think the whole show environment is going to be a lot different um i just imagine that club owners are going to be saying well we can only put x number of people in so the club clubs are going to be you know, only, you know, a quarter full or whatever, whatever it's going to take. And, and, uh, I mean, I just know from, from, you know, a lot of this is a lot of this. I don't really know what's going to happen because it just, I can see it going both ways in my darkest moments. I just think, well, live music is over as we know it, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, I, I was just getting back into the, into the swing of it. I mean, well, I mean, we, we didn't play together, We'd been playing since 2011 as like a you know as a unit again, and just within the past few years, I kind of put put my 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 entire being into the whole you know play live thing. Uh, it, it, you know, it's like okay, now I'm going to be a career musician. <laughs> so, and then, and then the whole thing's just kind of shot to hell now. But I, you know, I think my thinking is is that bands will come back, and because because there's going to be fewer people to show your guarantees aren't going to be as high and i think bands are going to try to compensate by just having to book more shows so i think people by necessity if they're really trying to make make a go of it they got to you have to book more shows because each show is now you know not as big a like a a, a, not as big a guarantee yeah uh, for for a typical band um so that that's that would be my guess is that it's just going to increase the tour length Tours are going to get longer because bands have to play more shows just to kind of, you know, make the same amount of money, that kind of thing. Right. But what if bands just went old school? You know, like in the 50s and 60s, bands would tour and they'd roll into town and then they'd just do multiple sets. You know what I mean? There'd be like a matinee, maybe like an evening show and then a late show or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It could work. Right. That's a pretty smart idea is just to kind of uh, maybe do do a week at a, do a week in one town and then... Yeah. move on to the next 
but and that goes to the same scenario of like is if you're doing if you're trying to cover the whole u.s you now got to multiply the tour by you know three or whatever right so maybe that's the way it's going to be um you know it's i just you know part of me also when again when i get really kind of morose about it i think about how irresponsible it might be to be a musician right now i mean it's like is it irresponsible for me to even consider playing live because you know for me to advertise a show and say come see me play is almost like saying you know come and endanger yourself you know <laughs> so it's i i've had these, these these kind of grim thoughts of like you know maybe my desire to get back on the road and and play more shows is, is a very selfish desire and is not born of you know what's best for the audience you know yeah so i don't know it's really a, a weird time that's all i can say yeah would it really be that different? Like when I go get groceries, there's a ton of people there. You know what I mean? And people keep their distance and no one seems to be getting sick from that. So it's like, why couldn't you do yeah. it in a big place like that and just have a show well, there? I mean, if you were if you were to do a show and have it be more respons- responsibly done, it it may end up sucking the energy out of the show. Yeah, you know, you go to that's you, true. Go, you go to Walmart, you go to Walmart, you don't have people yelling yelling <laughs> across and I just read, I just heard about this today. Is it, uh, you know, the, the virus is spread more by loud yelling than it is by, you know, by soft voices, hmm. just because it's that much more kind of, that's that much more air being right. pushed out of your body. So, you know, I just think about the shows where I'm at, and, you know, either where I'm playing or where I'm going to see a band. And, you know, you're yelling at the band and they're yelling back at you. And it's, it's a good time. But yeah, that's like a little petri dish of, uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, you know you know are our shows now going to be where there's like a like a sneeze guard between the band and, and the, uh, <laughs> you know they get install yeah, it's a like sneeze guard playing behind plexiglass and shit yeah 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 so I don't know what it's going to be I'd still I go. thought about also you know I thought you know those uh, what was it uh, what's that band the the uh, um, flaming lips. And the guy gets in the bubble and he goes yeah. out in the audience. Now, everyone, everyone's going to have to have. So you have those bubbles like the Flaming Luke's bubble, but everyone's in them. And that would be fun, too. <laughs> yeah. At least people could kind of bounce around and such. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a strange time. It really yeah, is. So are we going to. I imagine that, you know, since you guys are all sitting at home doing nothing, maybe you're, uh, maybe you're writing a new album. Well, we have we've been re- we've been writing for the last almost two years. Uh, nice. But when I say when I say we, it's been mostly Stefan and myself. Stefan, he got on this role, like I said, about two years ago. Just got on this role of like, well, I'm just going to write a song every day, or one of these one of these <laughs> crazy things. Like, and we're all just thinking, that's rad. Go for it. But, but it's so foreign for for us you know for me for me and for bill especially to even imagine being that prolific but stefan just kind of dove in, dove into the deep end and has been just pumping out song after song after song now he doesn't really write lyrics so he writes a song he wrote he write like a, a song and he's like hey someone write words for this and i've been writing words for his songs and then i've got my own songs that i you know had had were have worked up so between Stefan and I, we probably have like forty songs. You know? Wow! Uh, 
But awesome. the thing about it is we, we don't really have that doesn't really give us a green light because the way the band, you know, is was has always been from day one has been that, you know, everybody writes songs and contributes and it doesn't yeah. feel like it doesn't feel like a record it doesn't feel like a like a descendants record until you got you know the other two guys writing and of course bill is such an amazing songwriter so we're just sitting here like you know waiting for bill to to produce yet another masterpiece <laughs> totally <laughs> you know but but that you know it's everyone's got their own timetable on that you know it's just how creativity works and so i all i can say is that um you know, he just finished in the studio with Rise Against, and I think he's now committed to like, you know, putting some some songs together, um, as and then Carl as well. Um, but I can say that I got to the point where I'd, I'd written my own songs and I, I wrote lyrics for Stephens, and I said, okay, I'm taking I'm taking a break from this, uh, you know, because I mean, songwriting is not something that just I like I breathe I breathe songwriting in and out. It's just it's something that it's kind of hit and miss and kind of sporadic because I do try to wait for some kind of inspiration. Uh, and you know, so I, I'm just, I'm kind of in, I'd say right now I'm in a, I'm in a resting period, a latent, a latent period. <laughs> and we, but I, I have written songs for a record as, and obviously, like I said, Stefan has written a whole bunch. And so we're just going to wait for the other two to, cool. to contribute, you know, and, and we've tracked, we've, we've done some tracking as well. So cool. Awesome. So yeah. we might not have to wait like, t uh, 12 years between albums. No. this time. <laughs> I can say, cool. I can say you won't have to wait 12 years, but <laughs> cool. you may have to wait two years. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I keep, every interview I've done in the past two years, I said, Oh yeah, we're putting a new record out real soon. And then it's like, wait a minute, you know, we still have to, you know, we still have to get all four guys, you know, kind of, uh, pull tugging on the tugging on the rope, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. well, I've been doing other stuff like, I, you know, some of the songs that I contributed to, to this next record, I deemed them at some point like too topical and too, too, with too short a shelf life to, to make it onto a record, to make it onto the sentence record. And so yeah. I did the, I did the mic with a, or with a, a ukulele or a variety of ukuleles. I, I recorded a variety of ukuleles. Yeah to write uh, for three of my songs and that's my first attempt at a solo you know solo project wow um, which i don't know that that may come out sometime in the next six months it's it's in kind of negotiation or whatever but cool. that would be like that would be like a, a you know me me with a bunch of ukulele type type instruments uh totally different from the descendants um and then i'll just mention one other thing we've got uh, we've got uh, in the can, we've got uh, a bunch of uh, tracks that Frank and Tony had written back in 1979. Oh yeah. Um, and so this is like pre-me, basically. Yeah. In the band, and uh, Bill had Bill had recorded all these tracks with them, and uh, they've been just sitting around for years. And I said, well, you know what? I should just start singing on these because, um, you know, some of them I some when I first joined the band, some of them. I had done with the Descendants. About half of them I'd done with the Descendants. The other half had already gotten booted out of the set by the time I joined. So that's about uh, 20 songs there that that uh, that I'm currently recording as well. So wow. it's like you said, we uh, we uh, don't have any gigs to play. So I'm I'm just you know you, you end up you know gravitating towards towards the recording studio at that point. 
that's great news. Yeah. You know, you're talking about the other members being songwriters. Um, I've always kind of looked at the Descendants kind of like the Beatles in that way. All four guys can write these great songs. So does that make it easy for you because you don't necessarily, there's not a lot of pressure to write great songs? Or is it like really hard because you know you have to write really great songs to, to get anything that's that's going to be on the albums? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's some of both. I kind of feel like it takes the pressure off of any individual to be the the like the prolific songwriter yeah. like oh I, I have to write an album's worth of material no you know you just need to I need to write a few but then those few songs that you do write you you're, you are kind of like well they got to be good because they may not make the record although we do we also just i mean we're, we're going to pick the best songs but we also want everyone to be represented so you know regardless unless yeah. someone came with just total crap songs then you know we're, we want them to be represented as well but uh yeah, I mean, I, some of my favorite bands are that way. Obviously, the Beatles, but I'm really fond of this band Sloan from Canada, and they, mm-hmm. they one, one of the big appeals for me with them is that they all four write, and each of them writes completely different uh, kind of songs from the other. So that each of their records just has a great amount of variety on it, which is something I realized that I value in a band because we do the same thing. I mean, we just write lots of different types of songs for our stuff. Cool. So I, I got a question about the logo, Milo. I, I got to ask, do you remember the first time you ever, I think the story was, wasn't it somebody in high school was kind of like drawing you just for fun? Yeah, that was my friend, uh, Roger. He, uh, we would be in classes together and he'd be, you know, bored. And part of alleviating his boredom was to try to get me to, to like, or to try to get anyone in the class to laugh at, at some drawing that he'd done. And he would draw these little cartoon strips. And so he drew a cartoon strip of of me doing something you know stupid or whatever you know like doing some pratfall or whatever and you know he'd pass it around and people would get a, a chuckle out of it and he just started doing more and more of them and then he ran for student body president and you know then he had to put up uh, you know posters like vote for Roger and and he drew a really big one of the, the that head you know saying Milo says vote for Roger you know that's <laughs> It's probably why he didn't get elected, but I mean, you know, no one, I wasn't like a, you know, BMOC or anything, but I think he just thought it was a funny, a funny uh, kind of campaign poster for his thing. And I, so that was, that was the kind of start of it all. And when Bill was, when we were putting together my levels of college, of course it wasn't called my, you know, Bill decided at some point, Hey, why don't we call this my college? Because I was going off to college. And why don't we get Roger to draw his little drawing that he used to draw? Um, but Roger was at West Point at that point. He got accepted at West Point. And so we got our other friend Jeff to draw it. Um, that's why it says Jeff after, or no, Rat. It says Rat after RD because uh, Jeff's nickname was Rat. So, yeah, that was the, that was, it started out as this like high school uh, cartoon that, he, that my friend drew. Um, and then, the, you know, I guess. We just kept going back to it, you know. There were a few records we didn't have it on there, but yeah, it just seemed like after a while, like it was a, a, comf- a comfort comfort zone for us. But also, it just we got, I you know, we got into the whole like uh, creativity of it because it's just a, it's kind of a blank slate. You can kind of do whatever you want with it, and, and yeah. you know, and I, I whenever our our our, our, our artist guy, which uh, Chris Sherry. Whenever he comes up with something, I'd say, well, you know, 
as long as I'm doing some kind of a pratfall, as long as I'm being, you know, dorky and, 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 and stupid, then <laughs> I give it a thumbs up at that point. You know? Yes. That's part, that's part of, to me, that's just part of who I am and who I feel, you know, that, that character is basically. That's cool. That's awesome. Just, it's crazy that it's, you know, it started as a high school thing. It's become like, you know, one of the most iconic, like punk rock, you know, logos, not necessarily a logo, but a mascot, I guess. Yeah. I think that the nice thing is, is, um, you know, it started as a cartoon and of course cartoons, you don't put a lot of effort into it. You just kind of throw a couple stick figures together. Yeah. And then we got, Jeff to, we got Jeff to draw and he wasn't an artist. And, and so he, he looked at it and said, well, that's just a couple, that's just a stick figure. I can do that. So he draws it. So it's, it's, that's what I think is really cool is that it, it's, it's almost Dada. It's almost a Dada-esque kind of a drawing, like so, so simple that like a, you know, a kindergartner could draw it. Um, and, 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 you know, it's, uh, it, it, well, of course, that means that everyone can get it tattooed very, yeah. very easily. I know a lot of people with those. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. Hey, Milo, is it a trip for you to think about, you know, like the original run of the Descendants was pretty short, but ever since 96, you guys have pretty much been on the top of the shit. You know what I mean? I mean, I know about that little break there for a while, but still, is it a trip to think yeah. about you guys are playing these gigantic shows now? You're not in clubs anymore, not even close to clubs. You know what I mean? How does that feel after all these years? It really, uh, it really kind of struck me in 2011 because, uh, I, we did, so, you know, prior to 2011, we did basically one solid year of touring in 96, 97. And, you know, we toured hard in 96, 97. And, um, yeah, we played some big shows, but at the end of it, it was like, you know, I was like, well, this is great, but I, I still want to be a scientist. I still want to finish my science career or, you know, further my science career. And I, you know, so I, I kind of left the I kind of left the band behind at that point, and when I got back in 2011, I really had no inkling where where we would stand or what what we what what it was going to be like, and you know we played. So the very first show we did was the Fun 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 Fest down in Austin, Texas, and uh, I was just just blown away because I just thought, how is it that we can be gone for that many years? And just kind of step right back into it, and I, you know, I, I still don't quite understand it, but you know, it's I just think uh, uh, I just I just I'm just grateful, really, is what it is. Yeah. And and, uh, and you know, I obviously part of it has to do with the fact that all you know was going through that whole period too, and sure. all's music, you know, all kind of like carried the torch for so many years. Yeah. yeah. And so then. You know, when we came when we came back in 2011, it didn't seem so kind of out of left field because all had been around uh, for some number of years before that. Um, but yeah, it's it, it it's uh it's it's still I'm just you know very I'm just very grateful and humbled by the whole experience. Uh, I never I never planned to make a career out of music. Not until you know the last few years when I, when I finally just kind of like I said all my marbles in that basket, but the fact that you know it's always just been there waiting for me i just feel incredibly fortunate to have that kind of you know situation yeah when you left 
when you left Descendants in what eighty seven, and then and then all formed, um, you went off to uh, to do the science stuff. Was there um, was there any moments when you heard an all record and were like, "Fuck," you know, I want to sing that song. There had to have been moments like that because all had so many great songs too. Oh yeah, I mean, they were they immediately became my favorite band. Like in eighty seven, they nice. did they did they did it with Smalley, um, mm-hmm. and you know. They, they just, you know, they they took the descendants and they they made it more uh, intricate, more uh, more uh, you know, pro a little more prog, and they just and they and they and they they made it more over the top pop as well, and I just I thought that uh, they just became my my favorite band. So you know, at various junctures along that along the way, this is evidence to to how I just how I just couldn't give it up or d- evidence to just how, how what they were doing was just to me, a, 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 like a lo- logical extension of what we were doing. You know, they, they, they lost uh, Dave as the singer and I, I, they were, and they, so they had to kind of get another singer, but I would do a fill in show. Like, you know, I did a fill in show in long beach before they got Scott, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I always, those are the kind of things where Bill would ask me to do it. And I'd, I'd say, yeah, because it get you know, it gets, it gets in your blood a, and then B playing with those three guys. I mean, totally. who wouldn't play with those three guys, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, I, every time I did that kind of thing, I'd missed, I, I realized how much I missed it. Um, and I did it again, you know, like when Chad got sick one time and we played, uh, city gardens and, New Jersey and you know I, I filled in for Chad one night and it was the same thing all over again it's just uh you know it's the the rush of doing that and and just the rush of being of being with those guys too because we do have a special bond I mean we we're all just like any we're just you know we kind of complete each other's sentences or something it's that kind of stuff I mean you know Bill and I are best friends since high school and the, the two guys from 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 uh, utah i mean they're just such incredible <laughs> musicians yeah. and just great guys to be with too so i mean we we all just kind of have such great feelings when we're around each other you know and we do we do these things now where we you know we all have our families but we fly out and we play a, like a half week's worth of shows and it's just it's just i, lo- I look forward to it every time like i'll, I'll come back from a, like a, a four days jaunt and then I'm just counting the number of day, counting the days before I get to go do it again because I just love being with those guys. So that and now it's it's just killing me right now because you know God I think when the next time we get together it's just gonna be like this incredible you know reunion. Totally. When you filled in for Chad like on that in that New Jersey show, were you playing? Yeah. Were you singing all songs or were you? Did you get together as Descendants then? Well, it was billed as an all show, and so I, f- I felt like, you know, and, and Bill asked me to, to fill in for Chad as, you know, as the all singer, you know. Okay, right. Yeah. And to me, that made it more fun. I didn't want to just roll in there and do all the Descendants songs. Yeah. Because, well, for one thing, people came to see all. And so we did a mix of both, um, and that was it made it more fun for me because I, I, you know, I kind of at the last minute was learning some all songs but it gets back to that point you had earlier about like where i was where i would when all started and i was like man i feel like i should be singing some of these or something or not i should be but i really want to be singing some of these songs 
so good. And so that, you know, so that that was my opportunity to kind of live that little dream of singing, you know, some some of these amazing all songs. And I really botched up some of them too. So that was kind of, (laughs) that's cool. You know, I think if it would have been, if it would have been subbing in for Scott, his, he his and my voice are a little more, you know, simpatico. But some of those songs I had to sing that were that were that were in Chad's range, I kind of I kind of botched them. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's this great video of you doing "She's My Ex." It fucking totally rules, man. I love it when you do it. That one, that one, I can I can get a good honk of. Uh, I really like singing that. It's in a, it's in a range where. Yeah, that works really well for me, and it's just it's such a great song. Now, some of like some of Bill's songs that he wrote for, with Chad in mind, like "Long Distance" and "Shreen," I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> but you know, it, yeah. a lot of that just comes, you know, having some more time to practice and things. Gotcha. Did you have a uh, yeah. favorite all singer? If you had to choose one, Milo, <laughs> don't make him do that. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I just, you know, Chad has such a, he has such a warm and aggressive, aggressive and warm. It's almost like a, you know, two opposites of the same, two opposites, but his his voice is so thick and so aggressive sounding that I yeah. really like his voice. But yeah. Scott, Scott, on the other hand, he just, he can croon like nobody's business. Yeah. So I feel like they each brought their own separate thing to it. Um, totally. And then Dave, we did this thing last year, and I think it was November, where where they did the Blasting Room, uh, Blasting Room 25th anniversary, and Dave came in, and you know he's he hadn't been singing this stuff for a long time, and totally nailed what was it, postage, I guess it was, or oh, hmm. cool, yeah, he totally nailed it.
I just think they each have their own kind of, you know, good qualities. And that was a great thing in, 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 at the blasting room was, you know, having all this, actually Chad couldn't make it, but Scott was there and Dave was there and we just had such a great time. It's like, you know, everyone's, everyone just really has such respect for each other and, and just kind of, you know, it's, it's a family. It's a long, it's a family of, of people of like-minded punkers who, you know, wanted to kind of make a certain kind of music and just got on all, all got on the same page to do it. So it's been good. Yeah, it's great. We were, uh, before we started recording Milo, we were talking about that show that I saw in lacrosse here. Um, second show back or whatever it was, but maybe you can answer this. Maybe you remember because nobody, all my friends that were there, nobody remembers this. I asked Chad this and he couldn't really remember, but I remember descendants playing. And then in the middle of the set, you got off stage, Chad jumped on stage, did a few all songs, and then you came back up. Am uh, I imagining this? <laughs> Is this a dream? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, it's possible it happened, but I don't have as, I don't have as crystal in a memory as you. That. <laughs> it's a little blurry for me. It's been like what twenty four years, so. Yeah, but you you okay. probably you probably right. I mean, now I don't know what Chad might have been doing up there, because, but but uh, maybe he came up from, from St. Louis or something like that, or maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. He was there. I know that, and he actually told me. That um, he's like, well, if somebody got up and sang, it was me. But he didn't remember actually doing it. Well, if he was there, then yeah, if he was there, then I'm sure it happened. Yeah, because that that that's kind of how we roll, you know. If like the same thing would happen in an all show that I came to, you know, it's like, hey, Milo's here, he's going to sing a few, you know, and that that's always that always made it fun for yeah. everybody, you know. I I never got the feeling that you know Chad was like, oh, you're sharing my stage or, or you know. It's like everyone's, everyone's like, yeah, come on up and do this, you know. And uh, uh, it's, uh, we also did this thing last, maybe not last year, but the year before last, in Tulsa, where Stefan's from, uh, where yeah, where it all played, and and it was just yeah, it was just like a, you, you, I get a little verklempt thinking about these these things where where all plays and we play. And in and Tulsa, it was like the last plate as well. And just all these, it brings back all these great memories and just friends, you know, just having, it's like having all your friends there and, and just having a big old uh, party. It's great. Yeah, totally. I got a quick question for you, Milo. And this is a yeah. little bit, just a little bit out of the subject realms though. But since you've known Bill so long, I saw an interview a long time ago where Bill, I think you were all there, but Bill had told a story that, he was at Magic Mountain when Kiss filmed Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. And uh, I was just kind of curious if you had maybe went to that show with him. Oh. <laughs> you know? No, because I, I think <laughs> he's, his love for Kiss was, you know, fathoms beyond mine. It was like, <laughs> it was a, it, you know, he, uh, he was a fan of Kiss as for, from a very young age. Yeah. And I, I would hear Kiss on the radio and be like, yeah, these guys are cool. But in fact, I think he probably got me he probably got me more into Kiss when I knew him than I, because I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, Kiss, I've heard their songs in the radio. He's like, no, dude, you got to hear like the whole, all the, all the stuff, you know? And, you know, got me more, more into them as being, you know, this, this kind of cool and yet 
cool yet jokey kind of a you know metal band that yeah you know that, that actually wrote some good songs and the drumming was really good and just they're you know good musicians i mean yeah he was more of a kiss fan than i was he i mean bill i think before i met bill i was pretty much like i'm the, i'm the new wave kid you know i was all into the wave and 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 then and then uh i had started to kind of graduate into listen to punk like uh you know la punk x germs and of course i you hear the ramones all the time right. but i mean and then I, and then all of a sudden i was like you know it's all about you know hardcore punk or la punk especially and so i, I was completely not exposed to metal at least real metal i mean i i was in the bto you know that kind of thing yeah but when I started hanging out with Bill, he's like, "Dude, Sabbath." I'm like, "Who?" Well, I, I mean, I, I'd heard a couple Sabbath songs, but he he turned me on to Sabbath, and then that became like, "Yeah, okay, this is the real shit here." <laughs> yeah. Totally. So, so Bill, I, I've Bill to thank for you know kind of helping helping me to kind of learn what what metal was really all about. I was always curious if you were there for that one, though. That's a trip. Yeah. We'll have to have Bill Bill on to actually make sure that's true. <laughs> yeah. Get the full story. <laughs> Yeah, he could tell you. I I think he probably was, yeah. Because yeah. I was at Magic Mountain. Magic Mountain was where they right. filmed that. Yeah. Was right near, right near where we are. So. Yeah, totally possible. Hey, did you ever see the Ramones back in the day, Milo? Yeah, back in the day, I saw them play at uh, at Fenders, Fenders in Long Beach. That would have been eighty-seven. Oh, right on. Uh, um but yeah and then i saw them play in madison actually at the barrymore yep yeah I played the barrymore um and they were they were better offenders i mean at the barrymore i kept thinking man they're playing all the songs too fast you know (laughs) 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 you know know, it's like well that's cool that's you know that's cool it's punk rock to play songs real fast but you do lose the groove and then you know so he sounds like doesn't sound quite the same at that speed, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he just doesn't allow him to kind of get his whole Joey Crew thing going or anything. Right. But yeah. No, so I, I, and I think uh, with the Ramones, I probably got into them. Obviously, heard them all on the radio, but probably got into them after getting into the new wave and all that. And yeah. Maybe even maybe I got into punk and then circled back around. It's like, well. I better get that first Ramones record. I, at some point, you feel like uh, I need to. I need to kind of, you know, get my do some do my do my uh, my homework here. <laughs> Your due <laughs> so diligence. Do my homework. Do do diligence, and I went and bought the Ramones first record. Of course, it's you know played the death out of it. Yeah. I had another quick question that's always kind of been on my mind for like since I was a kid. Whose idea was it for you guys to cover Wendy, man? I fucking we we did an episode and it came out as our number one cover of all time. And I was just curious <laughs> if that was Bill's idea. Was that you? Who whose idea was that? I think Bill had the idea of let's cover a Beach Boys song, and I'm not sure you know what inspired that, other than that he was obviously a huge Beach Boys fan, and, and as was I. And then it came down to well, which one to do? And I think I wanted to do. Uh, don't worry, baby, because it was love. Don't worry, baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he, he was like, all about no, let's do Wendy, and you know, it. I was kind of like, yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> I don't care which one it is; they're all good. You know, I think it's cool that you guys did Wendy though, because it's a little more obscure than you know. Don't worry, baby. It was like a yeah. huge hit. You know, uh, yeah, Wendy is a little more obscure. Yeah, 
and it's a good song too. That's great. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, we haven't covered anything since. It's been the only I know, cover. It's crazy. It's like you got it right the first time. Fuck it. Why mess around? <laughs> Jody, you want to try to do the sweet sixteen thing? Yeah, if Milo's down, I'm down. You, you want to play, play a what quick is, little game, Milo? Oh sure. Yeah. We do like a sweet sixteen bracket, like you would do in like in college basketball or something. But we use songs, and we we can determine the very best Descendants hit this way between the three of us. Okay. <laughs> so what'll happen is I'll present two choices. We vote. Majority wins and moves forward. You know what I mean? This is probably not going to be. Well, it may not be. E- it may not be very easy. Well, you know, it's like <laughs> it's like choosing your own children. Yeah. Choosing, yeah, but what well, you know, we can try it. Yeah, let's try <laughs> this. See what happens. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Hey, sono Andrea De Mangis, state ascoltando Dammi Room. Okay, so the first matchup we have Clean Sheets versus Pervert. Clean Sheets. Clean Sheets? Clean Sheets, dude. Clean Sheets will win for that one. All right, how about Bikeage or Without Love, a modern classic? Bikeage. Yeah, I'd have to go that way too. Nate, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, yeah can't, I can't vote against Bikeage. No, but Without Love is the best song on Hypercafium, I think. <laughs> Long years waiting for it. Lost pages given to disease within me. Long days fighting 
song fucking rules. Yeah. Um, okay, so Christmas Vacation or Coolidge? Um, that oh, one's... That's it's tough. Hard, it's hard for me because of... I, you know, I... With Christmas Vacation, I have a very soft spot for that song because it's like one of the few times that Bill and I did that particular type of collaboration where... You know, he wrote music and I wrote words. And, you know, we've done. We, we usually he and I just bring in fully formed songs. But that was one where he wrote the music, and I said, "Oh, I'm going to write words for that." Cool. Um, and then in pep, in pep talk, we flipped it where I wrote the music and he wrote. You know, at least partially wrote the words for pep talk. Um, and those those songs are, you know, they may be deep cuts, but they mean a lot to me for that for like more of the collaborative you know, the collaborative uh, uh, energy that they represent. Um, okay. But I'm still going to go with Coolidge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nate, what uh, do you think? I, I, I love them both. I'll go Christmas Vacation. Okay, so it's tied, and I will go with Milo and go with Coolidge. Even though Christmas Vacation is like one of the greatest Christmas songs ever. Totally. The next matchup we have... Hope versus the proud, the few descendants. Uh, hope. Hope for Milo. Uh, it's it's got to be hope. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of that Sublime cover of Hope, Milo? Did you hear that? Yeah, I thought they you know did a good job. Uh, Bradley Knowles, he's got a um, they're, you know a, a charity organization. Yeah. And they contacted us saying they're putting they're doing a, a uh, they're doing a uh, charity record where people are going to do acoustic versions of sublime songs. Okay. And said, well, wouldn't it be cool if you guys did hope? Cause, it, cause then we were like, we're covering, we're covering our own, we're covering their cover. Yeah. So it's like, they cover, it's like and then we're going to cover. We're <laughs> gonna cover it. And I thought that's cool. Um, and because, uh, you, you know, I, we couldn't really, convened the band at that point i just said well i'll do it on my ukulele so there's a ukulele cover of of hope uh that was supposed that's supposed to go on this this sublime uh, sublime charity benefit record wow um mm. so yes yeah, so i you know i and, and that was you know i think they, they they did a version of it and um i think soul asylum did a version of it uh, and so yeah it's it's it, it's very gratifying all right next matchup we have suburban home or silly girl oh man that that's tough it's just <laughs> not for me <laughs> silly girl is one of the greatest songs ever written silly girl yeah i'm gonna go suburban home just because i gotta i gotta represent for tony <laughs> <laughs> right on. sorry milo i still gotta vote silly girl dude it's just too damn good yes but how about cheer no. Or nothing with you. Hmm. Well, let's see. We still pl- we we play nothing with you. For some reason, we don't play cheer in our set. And I don't know if that's be you know, is that because Bill doesn't like it anymore? I don't know what, but <laughs> I like. It. I love cheer it. Me. Uh, nothing with you. We still do. Uh, I'm gonna go with cheer me up. Okay. Because I just for it's just got such a it's got some great melody in there. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, 
we always we always build on these specific great melodies. You know, nothing with you has a good I think has a good sentiment to the lyric, and it's it's got a good peppy peppy quality. But Bill Bill always wins for melody. He's, he he always just you know it's you can always trust me on melody, no doubt. No yeah, he's pretty incredible. All right, how about good good things or get the time? It's a tough one. Why are you stuck Bill songs again? That's okay. <laughs> I just no. stuck them all in a randomizer. Right. Uh, get the time, man. You wrote that one, right, Milo? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it, this is why it gets difficult because I, I can. Each of those has qualities to me that would make it rise above the other. Um, again, with good good things, you know, the melody is so great, but at the time, I think it has more of like a heart wrenching quality to it. Absolutely. I think I'd go get the time yeah. on that one too. Yeah. I'll go with get the time. All right. That's like one of the first, like what I would consider almost like a punk rock ballad of my youth. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a beautiful little love song, you know? I fucking love well, it. Well, as, as is good with things. Yeah. Well, true. It's a tough choice, but yeah, get the time takes it on that one. Next up, we have Pep Talk or I'm the One. Dang. <laughs> Let me ask you something about Pep Talk real quick, Milo. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a band called The Parasites that covered that for uh, for a tribute. And yeah. I didn't, I wasn't there, but I had heard that you drove down to, I believe, Beloit from Madison and got on stage and sang that with them. Yeah, yeah. The Parasite singer had uh, contacted me and said, we're going to do this, and I know you live in Madison. That's pretty close. And I said, sure, I'll come down. That was fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was cool to, to kind of be at the, at, the, at the punk rock show. And, and uh, you know, it, I was kind of, like, at that point, not, you know, playing with the, the Descendants, so it was kind of it's like many of these other things where I, where I just kind of emerge out of, you know, my cave, my cave of science. <laughs> kind of, you know. Yeah. Dude, when you go to a show like that, I mean, are you getting, like, mobbed by dudes? Like, where people are like, oh, my God, Milo's here. Don't remember that happening. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. I, you know, it's a pretty small show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I kind of just out in the back I, I wasn't going to come in with any kind of a grand entrance or anything right. <laughs> I, I think when I got on stage probably people were like oh wait a minute you know, that's the dude or whatever but but I, while I'm in the audience I just kind of was like you know yeah. low. It was, plus you know that was in 90s probably 92, 93 or something I, I don't know I just you know my, my, my attempt to fade into obscurity was somewhat successful at that point <laughs> so what are we going to do on this oh, one pep talk or i'm the one i'm the one yeah one. <laughs> for me i would have said pep talk but that's okay that's okay <laughs> round two that moves us into round two do we have clean sheets or bikeage okay now yeah, it gets interesting yeah it's going to get even tougher, man. I give the nod to Clean Sheets. Again, the melody as written is just so great. And then, you know, with Bikeage, it's it's got 
this old old school aggression. Yeah. But I I kind of when I was when he gave that when he gave that song to the band, and I just said, okay, I'm going to sing it. And then I I I remember singing it. And even when I re-recorded, I kind of thought, dude. I didn't have a melody to sing. He's like, no, just sing it. And, you know, so I think melodically it fails in comparison to, to, to Clean Sheets. Not that that's all that matters with the song, obviously. I mean, the lyrics yeah. are great. Yeah, I'd say Clean Sheets as well. So. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well, how about Coolidge versus Hope? Coolidge versus Hope. Hmm. I'll go with Hope. Hope for Milo? What it says, go- Nate? Coolidge. Yeah, I'd say Coolidge too, man. Sorry, Milo. How about Silly Girl or Cheer Me Up? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> For this one, I'll pick Silly Girl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm Team Silly Girl, so I'll stick with that too. Yeah, for sure. All right. Get the time or I'm the one. No, I'm the one. Get the time. Yeah, get the time, dude. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> Round three. Okay, it's getting tougher. Round three. Clean sheets or Coolidge? Whoa. Mm. What do you yeah. think, Milo? I'll go with the uh, clean sheets. Oh, man. I, I'm going, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to be different. I'll go with Carl on this one. I'll go with Coolidge. I'm going to say clean sheets for the win.
How about Silly Girl or Get the Time? Hmm. <sighs> silly Girl. Nate? I am, I am gonna... I'm gonna kiss his ass and say, "Get the time." <laughs> You're both great songs. <laughs> I say, "Silly girl" for that one. I think "Get the Time" was probably one of the first songs I heard that, like, the first pop song that I heard by the Descendants that made me just fucking love them. Oh, you know, that yeah. was probably the one, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" And then I, I just remember having to try to figure out what album it was on you know and you know i finally found out it was on enjoy or whatever and it's like oh go get it and yeah still one of my favorites man go get go get enjoy and go fuck man why did they just put out that that without all the other stuff no just i do- love that's my favorite <laughs> descendants album oh really oh my god yeah i always thought it was really cool and i didn't want to bring this up but since you brought it up you're like uh, everybody knows you're you're the science guy. You're super smart. You're the you're the nerdy guy. But yet you can still write, um, like enjoy. You know you you come up with these crazy ass songs that you can't you can't be a moron to write. They're genius. Like nobody else has ever written a dumb song that fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, well, I, so I grew up listening to this guy Tom Lehrer, and I, I feel like any time I write a fart song, you know, <laughs> he, he, it's not like he he didn't write fight fart songs, but he wrote songs to try to make people laugh, and and I do I do like the notion of you know, and, and Zappa would do the same thing. I mean, some of my favorite Zappa songs, he's just so crude and and just stupid, just stupid, <laughs> and. I, I definitely have a side of a side of my personality or my writing where I just I just want to just be stupid and and, and juvenile, and so I, to this day, I'll, you know, I think I probably write a fart song every few years and, and hope that well, this is going to be this is going to be the one that that really you know breaks through the fart song, you know, like that was a you know that was a joy, and then we put out uh, then we did. Uh, blast off for uh (laughs) and then i did write a country song about farting uh so it's a country song about farting and and kind of romance together (laughs) it's an outtake from uh from hypercaffeine um but i'll probably just have to put that out re-record it as like an actual country song or something and get it out so so i yeah, it's you know, I I guess I I have to go back. You know, it's, it's my it's my my bread and butter. I got to go back to to the fart song. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like when you guys like whose decision was like unenjoy to start the album with enjoy? Was there had to have been somebody thinking that was a bad idea or? <laughs> I yeah, it's funny because you know it's not it's not an album. Contrary to what the to what the the, the sleeve would would suggest, you know, you, you say, well, this is a song all about shit, arts and stuff, and no, but that's the only song on there that's like that. Uh, yeah. So the original cover of Enjoy was, was supposed to be a picture of someone stepping in a in, a, in dog shit, uh, <laughs> and I think the album was going to be called I Stepped in Shit. So in fact, I mean, maybe maybe that was independent of Enjoy. It was just like 
hey, let's make an album where we call it I Stepped in Shit and there's a picture of it, you know. And then later it's like, no, let's just call it Enjoy. And then and then then you don't at that point you wouldn't use the 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 picture of a someone stepping in shit. You'd 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 make a different image. And so the image that, that uh, Ray drew were, uh, was was you know I guess some guy sitting on a toilet reaching for toilet paper or whatever. So, but uh, <laughs> you know that that's the kind of thing where you look back and go, what what were we thinking? Well, I, it's because we 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 toured. This was me in like 85, 86, where we toured like crazy. And you get kind of, you get kind of uh, what I call tour damaged when you go out for that long. You go out for like a three month tour. And the only people that you see, aside from the crowds or whatever, is the other band members. And you, you basically create your own language that you speak to each other that, that you know, could, or to, to, to make each other laugh, you know, to kind of ease the burden of, of, of touring under those conditions of just like you know 10 12 hour drives you know you you kind of make you try to make each other laugh as much as you can and so that was that was our goal uh and that you make you come up with this this kind of this language of of crudity uh that became you know some of those albums some of those titles of the songs on the, on the album are born from that you know like orgo loaf or you know choda this kind of stuff um yeah, and I think it's it's one thing to have all that, but it's another to kind of say, well, we're going to make a record, you know, that's that basically. But that, <laughs> that's how far off the deep end we've gone at that point, kind of like lost touch with reality to some degree. Hey, Milo, whose idea was it to release two live records back to back? I always thought that was strange. I yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what what Bill was thinking of that. I mean, they're both great. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a weird thing to do, you know? Yeah, I have no idea. Because, yeah, it's like the first one obviously was good. So you figure, well, we've covered the, our live record, but they'll put on another one. Hey, you know what? You'd have to ask Bill. That's a good reason to get Bill on. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> All right. Should we finish off the Sweet 16 there, Jody? Oh, yeah. We got the final round. Final round. It all comes down to two fucking absolute bangers, man. Clean sheets or silly girl? What's it gonna be, Milo? Uh, uh let's go with uh, silly girl. Yep, silly girl for the win. <laughs> Silly girl for the win. Yeah. You can't beat that song, man. It's just so good.
you know, for me, it's there was just so many uh, memories of how that all went down. Yeah, I mean, Bill what was, was it like? Bill comes to you. He had that song pretty much worked out already, or what? Well, so he he was playing with Black Flag, and uh, but I think he was like, "Yeah, I'm playing with Black Flag, but you know, I really I really want to write stuff that's not Black Flag stuff." And he'd written yeah. he'd written a song or two for them, but we they were recording um, Loose Nut. And I went up to do vocals, backing vocals on Loose Nut. And he pulled me, Bill pulled me aside and said, hey, dude, I got these other songs. that They're, they're just they're not Black Flag songs. And I know we don't have a band together now because you're at school, but can I, can I, you want to listen to these songs? And, and what, the, what it was is it was him, it was him and Kira, Kira playing bass, him playing drums. So it's just a bass and drum track, and he sang he sang "Silly Girl" along to a bass and drum track, kind of in this back room of the Total Access studio that we were in to do that they were doing Loose Nut in. And so you can imagine, you know, Bill Stevenson, you know, and he's he's trying to do it this quietly too because he doesn't he wants to do it's it's like he's in the back room and he's trying to just be kind of discreet about it. Yeah. Like almost whispering "Silly Girl," while Kira and him are, you know, on this bass drum track, and I was just like, "Fuck, dude, that's a great song." And then, you know, he had other songs, and I said, "Well, you know, I got some songs too." Uh, well, he said, "Well, <coughs> let's 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 record some of this stuff and see where it goes." And we started recording. Well, we started practicing a little bit with. Tony and with Ray, we did this in Tony's garage with with just like low amplification and Bill playing on a toy drum set or something. And, <laughs> and we, do, we he didn't want to call it the sentence. He said we can't call it the sentence because I you know I don't know what's going on with Black Flag or whatever. So we we called it the Bold Bold Crusaders. And so this was the Bold Cru- Crusaders. And uh, we we worked up the entire uh, 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 I don't want to grow up record that way wow. in Tony's garage playing on toy instruments, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like yeah the the, the, the kind of the uh, the kind of uh, spark of it all was him playing me this really stripped down version of uh, Silly Girl, um, and I don't know if you ever heard. Bill singing all and most people not. No, but I he's haven't. got he has kind of a high kind of a choir boy kind of voice. <laughs> really? Well <laughs> so that was just kind of really uh sold on the whole concept but based on that. So then I re- I recorded that uh coming up from San Diego where I was going to school. Uh and you know the whole thing was little a little less uh you know it was a little less punk than we'd done with Milo goes to college because because of the fact that we had uh practiced all this in, in the garage with toy instruments tony's garage and then also because i i was i was you know not 
touring with the band. We weren't really touring, and so my voice was rather um, clean. So it was like a clean voice, and like instrumentation was very clean. So that's how you end up with something like Silly Girl just being a lot, you know, a lot cleaner really than than what you might expect from what right. what people on her while it was a college. It's definitely pop. Um, yeah. So then I I played you know I played it for my older brother who's you know he was like a Journey fan. He was he was not not like a punk rock by any stretch of punk rock or anything like that. I played it for him and he's just like, Whoa <laughs> So I thought, Well, this is cool, you know? Yeah. I got this guy that drink fan listening to, to Silly Girl, you know. So that was that was what I when I think of Silly Girl, it's just like a lot of really good memories of of just kind of something completely different than what we had done, you know, only a few years earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So, Hey, Milo, I've always kind of wanted to this, dude. Like, all right, so you took a really long break to pursue your science and everything, and that's cool, but it was so crazy. Like, you step back into Descendants, your voice is every bit as strong as it ever was, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Maybe even stronger. <laughs> you sounded so fucking great. And it's just like, were you practicing the whole time? or I mean, how did you keep your voice in that shape, in that absence, you know? Well, I mean, no, I never, like, I think when I first joined the band, I I didn't know how to sing, and you know at that point my my frame of reference was Des Kadena from Black Flag. I right. just was mm-hmm. like I just wanted to bellow, and I just wanted to kind of I just wanted to freaking you know get to the point where I was going to lose my voice the whole time I was singing. Yeah, because that that Des did he did it very successfully night after night, um, and and so I think. The longer I kept at it, the more I started learning, you know, some technique, not not even consciously, but just kind of like learning how to uh, you know, hit notes or whatever. And, uh, you know, it took me it took me a real long time just to um, to figure out uh, what I was doing. And, and, and it was only in the past few years that I started to think about like, you know, vocal preservation, like, okay, I don't want to go up there and just lose my voice every night. Right. So I, for me, it's, for me, it's just been a constant learning curve, you know, even up in to the present day, I'm just trying to kind of, um, I want to be as aggressive as possible, but I also just don't want to, you know, I, I, you know, I want to be able to play the next show tomorrow too. So, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a conscious effort to, to kind of to try to, use some technique that's going to get me through the next day um and so yeah i i feel like the longer i do this and of course the whole time the whole time that i was in with the band it was all just kind of like as a as a lark it was a it was a hobby and so i never took lessons and i never uh you know i never perfected my craft or anything because i was just thinking hey this is just something i'd like to do for fun and it's just a hobby and i'm going to be a science guy so it it, 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 I think any kind of learning I got was more in the past few years where I decided that there's probably some, some things that I could learn to, to kind of make it so that I'm not like, you know, killing myself every night. And just, so I'm not, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm preserving myself for the next night. Right. So, yeah, it's, I feel like that, that's kept it challenging for me i feel like the only reason i, I still want to do this is because it still is a challenge i'm i'm not on any level feeling like i've i've uh, uh you know solved 
all my issues or I've, or that I've, I, I don't feel like I will ever really have a complete handle on, you know, what it means to be a musician or, or the, or how to, how to kind of like be a good performer. And so that keeps it challenging for me. It's always just, it's always just kind of like, you know, a, a part, part mystery to me. And that, that, that's why, that's why I still do it. I do it because it's, it's fucking hard and it's a challenge. And I like challenges. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, I never, I never want to just be like, "Hey, coasting" or anything like that. Yeah. And so it's, I keep doing it. I just always found it really shocking how fucking great you sounded back in '96 when you came back. It's just like, holy shit, man! Listen to Milo; he sounds so good it, still. That's kind of what I had to try to do. That's why what I had to do in more, the more recent was, was so much more challenging. What I was doing back then. Is we can go on these monstrous tours, and you you spend about you spend about two weeks, the first two weeks, struggling to struggling to croak your way through the set, and you know, but then your voice gets really tough, and it gets really burly, and it gets really thick, and you know as, as long as you keep hitting notes, you get this incredible. Uh, aggressive thick sound but that takes i mean you know that takes going out on tour it's a trial by fire you got to go out on tour and you got to go down into the gutter and then you got to emerge you got to emerge after a few weeks somewhat victorious of, of having been down in the gutter and 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 just strengthen your voice that way so some of those shows i listen to my voice i go yeah that's that's what going out on tour for for two months will do for you yeah um we don't, we, we don't do that anymore and that's you know basically out of necessity we can't do that anymore because you know we all families and it's just not conducive to living in reality to, to go out on tour for, for three months and you know and then come back home and you're like Who, what, what, what what is this all about it's <laughs> it's like uh, you know you come back and your family's like who the fuck are you <laughs> that you left yeah. three months and a different person when you come back. So no, it's not. That's just not going to happen. So I've had to, you know, in more recent years, it's been, you know, how do I continue to sing, you know, as aggressively as I can, but but do it and you know, strengthen your voice in different ways. So I do a lot of practicing in between shows to try to keep my voice tough. But no, I mean, like in '96, we toured so hard in '96, but that my voice had gotten so sandpapery and so tough that, that that's what you're hearing. You're just hearing tough, which, you know, it's a good, it's a good sound. Yeah. Sounds great. One, one quick thing about the, uh, the, uh, the everything sucks comeback. Did you guys have any clue that it was going to be that big? I mean, people were freaking out about it. It was exciting. No, again, it, that wasn't, that was one of those things where, uh, I, every time I would, you know, leave the band and go do the science gig. I, uh, I just felt like, you know, well, this is, this is where it ends. And it would just, it would just, it would just peter out at that point. Uh, so yeah, I guess that was, that was the first of many surprises where it was like, uh, where you mean we can just kind of not be around for, you know, eight years and come back. And in that case, it was, more like 
what, nine years. We can just, yeah. Yeah, we can just not be around for nine years and just come back and have people just, you know, kind of go away shit over. So, yeah, it was very surprising. I just, I didn't know what to think. But, you know, part of it is, is the, uh, the timing, I suppose there was a timing issue because we we were doing that kind of in the heels of the, the Green Day offspring, uh, you know, kind of uh, yeah. period. Explosion, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of the kids, they were starting to realize, well, there's a history that went on before these two bands came along that's meaningful. <clears throat> and maybe we, maybe we should know more about that and, you know, kind of delve back into that history and i think that's that how people how people came to came to us at that point is it you know well we've heard green day offspring and yeah so let's see where where that all arose from basically um yeah so that, that you know i think that's something where our timing probably helped us out maybe in that regard so yeah but, yeah it was so unexpected unexpected completely and you know I, I I appreciate all that Epitaph did for us because, you know, they they were really into the record and they and they they were willing to kind of you know to help us out to to, to make it all happen. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Hey Milo, can you give us like your funniest Bill story? <laughs> it's got to be a hundred of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, our craziest maybe. Yeah. Well. He was a commercial fisherman uh, back in high school. Yeah. So uh, when we were doing the band, and this would have been like in you know 80, 1980 or thereabouts, he would you know we'd practice, and then he'd go, "Hey, I gotta go, I gotta go fish," and I'm thinking, "What?" <laughs> and he says, "Well, I gotta go, I gotta go fish uh, with Frank." So Frank and he were like full on fish. Yeah. So they were fish punks. I mean, fish punk is, is is a very apt, you know, name for for what they what they did. Um, but uh, he, he would he would fish all night with Frank. So he and Frank would go out in, in the bay and the you know uh, in Redondo fish, and then he'd show up at school the next day having fished all night. But rather than go home after after getting off the boat, he'd just come straight from the boat school and they would wear these overalls that uh they had to wear the overalls because it, they, they would get covered with fish guts or chum you know so he's got these chum covered overalls he wouldn't even change out of them he would wear chum covered overalls to school the next day um and i just remember he he we had a chemistry class together and the, the teacher saw him come in with this with this chum this chum covered overalls and that he kicked him out of class and then the next time that he he came in with chum covered overalls the teacher this is mr Silvius, he he saw him coming down the hall and before he could even get into class he says no you're, you're not you're not invited in he like, he like barred him from class because of course he's staying right i mean he's yeah. Like rotten fish, and yeah, so that was that was so he had a bit of a reputation there at school of being that guy who you know didn't just gave zero fucks you know about anything, and you just kind of come to school with you know chum covered pants, chum 
chum chum covered overalls, which we called them. <laughs> we called they called it the clothes. It was a clothes because overalls. It's where the the pants you know the pants are connected to the shirt. That's what an overall is. It's mm-hmm. like one unit. So instead of it being clothes, it was a clothes because it was one thing. Yeah. So that was so we we all so for a while on tour we we, we all wore clothes. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a he's a character. Yeah, totally. I'm looking forward to hearing whatever you guys do next, man. I was really absolutely. I was pretty impressed with Hypercaffium. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, we've got some songs written, but it's all it's all me and Stefan. And Stefan's been writing. He's been writing a, a lot more kind of poppy kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. So. Uh, it's, we've almost got this, almost this uh, dichotomy of punk songs and then just really, really poppy melodic songs that, that Stefan's written. So I don't know, maybe we, <clears throat> we could probably put out two records, like a Descendants punk record and a Descendants pop record. Or yeah. Like that. <clears throat> Sounds good. I'd love to have that full Descendants like pop record. That'd be great. We could do it. Yeah. That'd be Although cool. Bill. Like a. Bill's- <laughs> Thinking, well, we shouldn't even call it a Descendants record. It's good to just be like, give it a different name because it's so not typical. Like for us to write all pop songs is just so, uh, you know, like a verboten somehow. <laughs> yeah, you could do like a double record, and one one of the discs has you know all the more hardcore stuff, and then the other one has all the poppy shit. It'd be great. Yes. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right, Milo. We won't keep you any longer. We really appreciate this. You're one of our uh, one of our heroes, our punk rock heroes. So um, thanks for spending a pretty good amount of time for us. Yeah, I'm losing my voice because I'm outside. I think I was, <clears throat> but I made it. I made it through. I made it through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much, man. We really do appreciate it. And like Nate said, we've both been listening to you since we were, you know, teenagers. Yep. And so it's really cool for us thanks so much all right been fun thanks milo talk to you later bye bye hey this is john jughead quarantined in osaka japan and you're listening to the dummy room so enjoy it yes that's what i'm talking about There you go, man. <laughs> Fucking a, unbelievable, dude! Another bucket lister, man. We're running Absolutely. out of people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We could we could just quit. We yeah, don't even need much. next week, man. We don't yeah. need to turn two. That was our. That was the, like top of the heap right there. Yeah. So absolutely, uh, one of my favorites. You know, the guy who really got me into this stuff. You know, I mean, absolutely. So. That's so cool. I can't believe when he was talking about, imagine being at that gig in Jersey, you're there to see all, and all of a sudden, oh, by the way, Milo's singing the set tonight. I mean, how many people were fucking losing their yeah. shit? You know what I mean? I, I know, exactly. But you know what? I mean, I th- I think, like, probably back then, if I had the chance to, you know, if I was at an all show and Milo gets on stage, I probably want Descendant Song. But today, 
I'd love to see him sing sing those great all songs. Yeah. I'd be you know, I'd be super, super stoked if he got up and just sang all songs. Yeah, that'd be you sweet. know, just because they're that fucking good. I mean, the band is so good. It doesn't matter who's singing those songs necessarily, you know. That's true. But um, yeah, it would just yeah, be something totally be... unique. You know, full all set, no descendants at all. Just a fucking all <laughs> set would be pretty cool. That would be fucking great. I don't know though. Yeah, if man. I if I was there, I'd probably still need to hear at least a couple descendants. <laughs> you know, what I mean, yeah, silly girl maybe or you know something. Dude, I can't wait. You know, what was he talking about? He's talking about f- playing, uh, they're going to record some, or re- they're going to maybe, I don't know, were they going to put out some of those Frank and Tony songs? That's what it sounded That's like. That's what it was. And he was going to put vocals to them? Yeah. That'll be like yeah. old school descendants with, you know, I mean. How fucking great is that going to be? Yeah. I'm curious to huh. hear this ukulele version of uh, fucking Silly Girl. Or no, was it Hope? I think it was Hope. It was Hope, Hope. Yeah. yeah. I want to hear anything ukulele. Yeah. Like that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, Milo solo record could be super interesting, dude. I like that there's some shit in the works. It's not just like we're quarantined and we're just waiting it out. I mean, they're they got shit in the works. That's so cool. Yeah, I I, I bet you they I bet you they get an album out fairly, you know, next year maybe or something. Yeah, at least it won't be twelve. Oh, I it. hope so, man. Milo said so. <laughs> I think he said two, right? Two at, might at be the two. most, yeah, and that ain't so bad. Because I mean, hyper. I mean, it might be four years old now, but it feels pretty new still, you know, to me. Yeah, I, I saw an interview once where um, it was Bill or Carl, but they were saying like Carl comes over to Bill's like every day, and they practice wow. just to keep from getting rusty, you know. Yeah. And it's like, man, this has got to be killing them. But I, I imagine that once they can actually get out and record maybe they are recording already you know but um I, you just you can imagine they're just gonna fucking go crazy and just yeah. pound out stuff yeah that's the hope right that's awesome fuck yeah that could be really exciting could, times you know this this covid thing could really have some upsides in the terms of creative <laughs> endeavors you know what i mean oh man it's really gonna fuck some stuff up like i feel bad saying that or even thinking it but i think you're right dude i mean we're gonna all these all these great fucking uh these great artists are sitting at home and you know they're writing songs yeah what else is there to do you know nothing so yeah man that was fun um absolute legend and i don't even know where we go from here (laughs) it's all downhill from here dude so anyways yep thanks so much for listening everyone have a great week we'll see you next thursday bye interrupt this program to bring you a special report all right dummy room so normally you'd be hearing ramona telling you our goodbyes and all that good stuff but nate and i forgot to mention the shout outs we did this thing on our facebook group where uh if you guessed the guest this week then uh we give you a shout out and we totally forgot to do it during the show so i'm gonna do it real quick right here so the people that guessed milo would be the guest this week are bruno garcia riestra Paul number one from Boris the Sprinkler, Tim, Denton, Michael, Romer, and Trisha Toyota knew but didn't tell anyone. So thanks so much for that. Much appreciated, Trish. And thanks to everyone who uh, contributed and guessed, you know. You guys are super cool. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Thanks for listening to The Dummy Room. Meet us here next Thursday for another fun episode. Okay, bye.